Hello again, my lovely block ones. It's time to talk about cardiovascular and peripheral vascular circulation and assessment. My personal favorite. So here's an overview of the heart, uh, the base versus the apex. The base is the superior portion, the actual widest part of the heart. This is the point of attachment for the great vessels, and this is where S1 is heard the best. The apex, which is the, that bottom part of the part of the heart, uh, is the inferior portion, and that is where S2 sounds are the loudest. So this diagram is just going through the um, different valves that are inside the heart, reviewing the anatomy of the heart as well. And then we're just going to talk about um, S1 and S2. Those are the normal heart sounds that you'll be auscultating when you're doing your cardiac assessment. So S1 is the closing of the atrioventricular valves, which are the mitral and the tricuspid, uh, because they are in between the atria and the ventricles. And then S2 is the closing of the aortic and pulmonic valves. So before we start diving into our physical assessment, we can do some data collection uh, from the patient and then just kind of using our inspection uh, of the patient as well. So we can ask the patient, uh, do they have any chest pain or tightness? Because that is subjective. That is what the patient feels. And then SOB in the nursing realm stands for shortness of breath. So please make sure that you're asking your patient if they have any shortness of breath, not if they have SOB because they might confuse what you're talking about. Um, also, if they are feeling fatigued, um, you can also observe if your patient has any signs of cyanosis or pallor. Uh, asking your patient if they have uh, a cardiac history themselves. Um, a lot of patients have, um, I mean, I worked on a telefloor for forever, so a lot of every patient I had, it seemed like, had coronary artery disease or had uh, myocardial infarction in the past. So, um, also, if they have any family history, um, cholesterol levels and some other things are, are very uh, familial related. Um, you can visualize if they have any edema and then um, ask them what their medications are at home to see if they're on any um, you know, cardiac related meds. And then you can ask them if they have any cardiac risk factors. And those can include smoking, a high fat and high sodium diet, lack of exercise and obesity. So there are some things that we can um, use our assessment technique of inspection for for um, cardiovascular and peripheral vascular assessment. Um, we can look at the patient's neck and see if they have any jugular venous distension. Uh, that means that they have an engorged uh, vein in their neck, the jugular vein, and that can be indicative of many different heart diseases and congestive heart failure as well. Um, we also want to make sure we're looking at the extremities, uh, seeing if there is any edema in those extremities. Usually it's in the lower extremities, but if it's severe enough, it can also be in the upper extremities. Uh, clubbing, we talked about that in um, nails, but that is a rounding of the nails and that can be indicative of oxygenation issues. 
and also looking at cap refill, capillary refill. We talked about that in nails as well. That's looking for um, circulation less than three seconds as normal. We also can look at the um, apical impulse on the chest. Um, this may or may not be seen. Um, it's usually only palpable in half of adults and not usually in um, those that are obese or, or with muscular chest walls. Um, it's created by the left ventricle rotating against the chest wall during systole, which is the contraction of that ventricle. Um, it can be seen, if at all, in that fourth to fifth intercostal space near the midclavicular line. So this is also going to be where you take your apical pulse as well. Um, it used to be called the maximum, excuse me, point of maximum impulse, although it's not used anymore because some conditions can cause the PMI to be other areas of the chest rather than the apex. And this is just another visual representation of edema. We talked about that in um, skin assessment as well. So it can be pitting or non-pitting. Um, and just make sure you review that uh, pitting grade from plus one to plus four. And this is um, a visualization of the capillary refill. Um, squeezing on that nail to um, get all the blood out of the finger and make that um, blanchable white area. And um, when you take your hand away, uh, the blood should return within three seconds. So less than three seconds is normal. All right, so the next assessment technique we're gonna use is auscultation. Uh, so the main thing that you auscultate for uh, cardiovascular and peripheral vascular assessment is heart sounds. So you're going to use the diaphragm and bell of your stethoscope, usually just the diaphragm for um, heart sounds, and you're going to listen for S1 and S2, and we talked about that already. Those are the, the closing of the valves. Um, so you want to make sure that you're hearing a clear lub-dub. Um, and if you're not hearing a clear lub-dub, that could be um, different types of murmurs, or your patient might have a mechanical heart valve and that might emit a clicking noise as well. Um, you can also listen to the carotid artery for bruise, which is uh, turbulence in blood flow due to local vascular, a local vascular cause, um, and that is audible as a blowing or swishing sound. So if you, um, usually this is not something that nurses do, but uh, or higher level providers will do, uh, you'll use the bell of your stethoscope to listen over your patient's carotid artery. So this slide is very important to make sure that you uh, know where all of these points are because you're going to have to demonstrate uh, where you listen to heart sounds in your head-to-toe assessment as well. So you're going to have to show us all five of these um, heart sound points, um, the aortic, pulmonic, herbs point, tricuspid, and mitral. Um, so what you're seeing on the slide here is the description of where that's going to be. So for under aortic, you're going to see two ICS, so that means second intercostal space, and then the R means the right sternal border. So if you look at a patient's sternum, it's going to be 
the right side of where the sternum kind of ends, so that right sternal border. And then same thing with the pulmonic, it's going to be just on the opposite side, that second um, intercostal space left sternal border. And then um, herbs point is third um, intercostal space, tricuspid is fifth intercostal space, and then mitral is fifth intercostal space left midclavicular line. So that means that you're looking at the patient's left clavicle and in the middle of that left clavicle draw a line straight down the patient's chest and that's where it's going to be on that fifth intercostal space. So we talked about what we should be hearing, that S1, S2, lub dub, but what if we hear something else? So the this is where we're going to talk about abnormal heart sounds. Um, so murmurs are blowing or swooshing uh, sound that occurs with blood flow um, in the heart. So that means that there's some sort of like valve issue. Um, there's something called valve stenosis, meaning that the valves get all hard and they don't open and close properly and that can create uh, that murmur noise. Um, a friction rub that can be due to inflammation of the pericardium. Um, rubbing against uh, each other and that can be um, pericarditis which is the sac around the heart that's inflamed um, that's best heard at the apex um, let's see and then there's also what well, we talked about that prosthetic heart valve um, especially if it's metal that can be a really very distinct click um, and then S3 and S4 um, S3 can be normal in healthy adults and children. That's also referred to as a gallop. Um, and then S4 um, occurs right before S1 and is a little more rare. So we have loved up for S1 and S2. And then we also have um, Tennessee for S3 and Kentucky for S4. Those are uh, words that kind of sound like what the heart would sound like if you heard S3 and S4. So we talked about pulses a little bit with uh, in my heart rate lecture, but we're going to go over it a little bit more here. So again, for your head-to-toe assessment, you're going to show us where all of these pulses are on the body. So peripheral pulses excuse me, tell us about the arterial blood supply to the extremities. So, and I talked about this again in my um, heart rate lecture, but what we want to be looking for is the rate. Um, is it regular or irregular? And how fast is it? What are the beats per minute? Um, amplitude, is it thready or is it bounding? Is it palpable or non-palpable? And then again, I told you we're obsessed with symmetry. So making sure that you are uh, checking the right versus the left. So the slide is showing you where the carotid pulse is. Uh, make sure that you are only assessing one at a time, uh, right and then left or left and then right. Um, because if you assess both of them at the same time, you could, if your patient's very sensitive, uh, and some people are, you could potentially make them pass out from obstructing blood flow to their brain. Um, it is located between the groove of the trachea and the sternocleidomastoid muscle. This is the brachial pulse. It is in the upper arm, and that is the pulse you need to 
uh, locate and palpate to take uh, your blood pressure. Here is the radial pulse. And again, look at this practitioner uh, doing both sides at the same time so that he can, he or she can um, look at symmetry and uh, make sure that they're both equal. This is the femoral pulse. And again, uh, this practitioner should have gloves on, especially if uh, you are getting that close to a patient's groin. Popliteal is the back of the knee. Can be a little hard to find. Posterior tibial is on that inside aspect of the ankle. And finally, the pedal pulse on the top of the foot. And again, this practitioner should have gloves on if they're touching a patient's feet. Alright, so assessing peripheral perfusion, uh, we're going to look at a lot of things that we already talked about. So what is the color of their extremity? It should be pink and um, not cyanotic and not pallor. Um, you should see a nice, good pink uh, fingers and toes and um, extremities. Uh, we also shouldn't see clubbing because remember that indicates um, oxygen uh, deprivation. Uh, we should be assessing cap refill. Uh, remember, um, you want to check each extremity um, and that you are looking for symmetry and that the patient, um, their cap refill is coming back less than three seconds. Uh, JVD, we talked about, that is a distension of the neck vein. Skin temperature is, if your patient's uh, skin temperature is cool, uh, that could indicate an issue with circulation. So we want to make sure that our skin, our patient's skin is um, warm because that indicates good blood flow. Edema, we talked about, that is excess fluid in the tissue. Um, that could be indicative of congestive heart failure. Ulcerations, depending on what they look like, we'll talk more about this in your cardiac lecture, but that could be um, a venous stasis ulcer or an arterial ulcer as well. Um, and hair distribution. Again, we'll talk more about this in your uh, cardiac lecture, but that could be a sign of um, arterial insufficiency. Okay, so these are our normal cardiovascular and peripheral vascular findings. So remember going back to heart rate, we should get a heart rate between 60 and 100 beats per minute. We should be hearing S1 and S2 when we auscultate heart sounds. It should be a regular rate. All the peripheral pulses should be palpable and uh, all extremities uh, cap refill should be less than three seconds. Make sure that you review this video and any questions that you have, make sure you're doing the supplemental reading and utilizing the discussion board. Otherwise, I'll see you at the online review. Thank you. Thank you.